We're going to go to the book of Joshua this evening. Joshua chapter 11. If you'll turn your Bibles there. Trust everyone had a good afternoon. I, I think I even took a 30-minute nap today. That was good, too. It was a good 30 minutes. Tonight we're covering chapter 11 and chapter 12, but I promise I'm not preaching both chapters, okay? But they're connected, and as we travel through the book of Joshua, uh, we just really... I'll just point some things out about chapter 12, but our focus this evening is going to be on chapter 11, and uh, I'm, I promise when I get away from Joshua or get away from Acts, and like this morning I go into John, I'm just trying to follow the Lord and His timing on each passage, and uh, I just was led of the Lord tonight to focus here in Joshua chapter 11. And uh, this is what I want you to do. Typically we don't do this on Sunday night, uh, but I want you to do that tonight. Let's all stand tonight. And uh, we'll, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And I'll read down until the Lord tells me to stop, okay? Joshua 11 verse 1. And it came to pass when Jabin king of Hazor had heard those things that he sent to Jobab, king of Madon, and the king of Shimron, and to the king of that guy, all right? Um, I, I try my best, but I can't do that one. And to the kings that were on the north of the mountains, and of the plains south of Chinnereth, and to the valley, and the borders of Dor, and the west, to the Canaanite on the east and on the west, and to the Amorite and the Hittite, the Perizzite and the Jebusite, in the mountains, and to the Hivite under Hermon, in the land of Mizpeh. And they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore, and multitude with horses and chariots, very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time I will deliver them up all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hew the horses and burn their chariots with fire. Now if you're in a habit of underlining your Bible, I want you to underline this phrase. It's the title of my message tonight. And it's really what the Lord just emphasized when I was studying this passage. And it's the first four letters of verse number six. And the Lord said. Father, tonight, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we have come together. And Lord, I'm thankful that this group of people have made Sunday night a priority. And they come together to worship and to fellowship. We're going to fellowship in a little while. And we're looking forward to that opportunity. But also, Lord, we're in the Word one more time for this as we begin this new week. And I pray that you, through your spirit, would help me tonight to preach. Again, Lord, it's about you. And it's about pointing people to you, not to me. It's about pointing people to a relationship 
with a wonderful and great God. We ask your blessing tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we left off in our last time in Joshua in chapter 10. They're continuing their conquest through the land of Canaan. In chapter 10, the Lord gave great victory in the south of Canaan's land. And you remember that the Lord blessed in a great way that he sent stones from heaven upon them. And there were more people who died with the hailstones than whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. And Joshua spoke to the Lord, and the Lord caused time to stand still. And God gave an incredible victory that day. Never been a day like it. We get to chapter 11, and the focus now turns to the north. And the Bible speaks in verse 1 of Jabin, king of Hazor. And Hazor was a mighty town in Canaan's land, a mighty city, village. When we went to Israel a few years ago, uh, there is, there is an archaeological dig there. And it's enormous. I believe it's the biggest in Israel. And uh, we were really looking for that opportunity, but we got there too late in the day. And because it was in February and not in the summertime, they closed early. And so we weren't able to actually tour that particular site. But Hazer there is a mighty, it's a mighty place. And the king there is Jabin, and he is a mighty king. And much of, similar to what happened in chapter 10, he begins a league of, with other kings of other city-states, and comes together. Now, here's the thing, all right? What I've learned in my Christian life is this. The more you follow the Lord and obey the Lord, and the more victories you see God give and provide, I wish I could say that it became easier, but it doesn't become easier. Are you with me? It doesn't become easier. And as Joshua continues to lead the nation of Israel through Canaan's land, the opposition has just grown. And so now he is fighting the biggest battle that he has had to fight yet. The Bible speaks of these league of nations in verse number 1. Speaks of the kings, he, he mentions some by name in verse 1. He speaks of other, the kings from the north of the mountains and the plains and the valley. They were coming from everywhere. He mentions six people groups in verse 3. The Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, under Hermon. Mount Hermon in the north. And so all of these people have come together. And notice in verse number 4, the Bible says that they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude, with horses and chariots, very many. It is the mightiest group of opposition 
that Joshua and the people of Israel have faced up to this point. There was an innumerable amount of people. And the Bible says when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Miram. In chapter 10, all the kings gathered together and they fought at... Um, uh, just. Come on, preacher. Gibeon, Gibeon. And so now they've come together and they're going to fight at the waters of Miram. Now, the thing is, is the battle that they're about to face, uh, once again, is on, against overwhelming odds. And you see the power of man. And the reason that they're going and they're opposing Joshua and the people of Israel is because they're hearing all of the things that God is doing. They're hearing about all the victories, okay? They, they know about the Red Sea. They know about the Jordan River. They know about Jericho and Ai. They know about what happened in the south. And so they're just putting up their... They're just being defensive, and they're trying not only to fight Joshua and Israel, but who are they really fighting against? They're fighting God. That's right. And so, listen, understand this, that the more that God is doing in your life and the more opportunities that you have to praise the Lord and shout for the victory, I'm going to tell you something. The opposition is going to draw close to you as well. All right? And it's just, it's just going to happen. You're just going to have to face it. You're just going to have to deal with it. It doesn't get easier. I wish I could say it gets easier for the child of God, but it doesn't. It'll get easier when we get to heaven. We'll get to that at the end of the message. We're just going to have to fight the battles right now. All right? So it's an innumerable group of people, the sand as the sand of the sea, and they're ready to fight. One thing about this group of people is not only are they great in number, but they're similar to the Egyptians. They have the weapons of war. They have mighty horses. They have chariots. Well, we saw what God did with the Egyptians in the Red Sea. Amen? Say amen. Does anybody know what happened to the Egyptians in the Red Sea? Say amen. Okay, you're with me. All right? Focus here. So the Egyptians had a mighty army, and they went after to destroy Israel, and their heart was hardened toward God. And the wicked pursued, but they didn't, they didn't come out victorious. They perished in the Red Sea. And so now Joshua, once again, has the responsibility to lead Israel into battle. And the Lord encourages him in verse 6. And the Lord said unto Joshua. And the Lord said. You know what? I've witnessed too many times in my Christian life, especially in opportunities of leadership. I've witnessed too many people who said, the preacher said. I've witnessed too many people who said, and mama said, or and daddy said. 
I'm going to tell you something, Zach. If you're going to go forward with the Lord and see great victory, you better be able to hang your hat on what the Lord said. Are you with me? Now, that phrase shows up 163 times in the Bible, and the Lord said. And I realize this going forward. That's not the only time that God talked, okay? He talks to Joshua throughout chapter 1. But there's something about that that stood out to me in this passage, and the Lord said. Well, let me highlight some where he spoke to Joshua. You go back through Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and I didn't count all the times where the Lord spoke to Moses. He spoke to him many times. But he speaks numerous times. He speaks nine times to Joshua. Go back to chapter 3 and verse number 7. Joshua 3 and verse 7. When they were now at the brink of the Jordan River and ready to go across, the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And when the priest obeyed the word of the Lord, the waters dried up, and they went across on dry ground. They did so. They did so, Michael, because the Lord said Look with me in chapter 5 and verse number 9. Joshua 5, verse 9. They've now reached the other side. They are now camping in Gilgal. And we see here as we read chapter 5 that the circumcision is renewed. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And so now they've gone back to the Word of God. And now they're back to following Him and not going against Him. Then I want you to see in chapter 6 in verse number 2, when now they have to overcome the mighty walls of Jericho. In chapter 6 in verse 2, and the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about it the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And he goes on and he tells them on the seventh day they're to go around seven times. And the trumpets will blow, and the people of God will shout, and the walls will come down. You know why it happened? Happened, Brent, because the Lord said. Look with me in chapter 7 in verse number 10. Joshua 7 in verse number 10. The Lord told the people of Israel not to take of the accursed thing, and Achan did so. Without anybody knowing it, but you can't hide it from the Lord. And he hid his Babylonian garment, he hid the silver and things in his in his, he dug a hole in his tent, and the people of Israel go up to fight Ai, and they should have easily won, but they lost, and 36 men perished as a result. 
And so Joshua goes and he begins to pray. And in verse number 10 of chapter 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and assembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. And through the Lord's leading, God dealt with a sin. And he blessed them, Josh. You know why? Because the Lord said. Look in, look in chapter 8 and verse number 1. Now they've dealt with a sin. And now they still have to deal with Ai. In chapter 8 and verse 1, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given it into thy hand, the king of Ai, and the people, and his city, and his land. And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho. They, beat Ai, they conquered Ai. Why? Say it with me. All right, now everybody gets it. Now say it with me. And the Lord said, right? They go up and they defeat Ai because the Lord said. Stay in chapter 8, look in verse number 18. Well, how are they going to defeat Ai? Well, the Lord gives them his battle plans. In verse 18 of the same chapter. And the Lord said unto Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand, and the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered in the city and took it and hasted and set the city on fire. They won the battle. Because they did what the Lord said. In chapter number uh, 11, go to chapter, let's see, go to chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse number 8. Chapter 10, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, with all the kingdoms in the south in opposition, and the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night, and the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way. They won the battle because the Lord said. Look in, uh, look in chapter 13 and verse 1. We'll get to this one later. Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. What did the Lord say? The Lord said, Gary, you still got a lot more to do. Are you with me? Say, I'm old and I'm stricken in years. The Lord said, you still got more to do. And then we go back to our text tonight in chapter 11, in verse number 6. The people that he has to fight, the people that the children of Israel have to fight, is as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude. They have mighty horses and chariots, very many. But the Lord said in verse 6 unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hew their horses and burn their chariots 
with fire. Now, we'll move on in just a minute. This is why this is important. Because, Caleb, there's going to be times where you're going to have to fight battles that are too big for you. Don, you're going to have reason to be afraid. You're going to have a reason to really want to run. And the only way that you're going to have the courage to stand is if you've got something in your heart that the Lord said. I've grown to understand this. I've grown to realize this, and it's a sad thing. But I've grown to realize it just from talking to people. The people of God are not in the Word of God as they should be. And therefore, you're fighting the battles in your life based upon what you think is right. And you're not facing the battle knowing this is what God told me to do. I'm telling you something, Brant. You can face great difficulties if you know that God has led you to it and God has told you what to do. There'll be times where you as a husband or a father or a mother, there'll be times as an employee or an employer, there are times where you have to make decisions that most people are not going to understand, but you make them because the Lord said. And if you try to make them on your own, you're going to live in doubt, and you're going to live in fear, and you're going to be wondering, am I really doing the right thing? Is this really what we need to do? Nobody wants to follow that person. Thomas, you need to go through life knowing what God has to say about it. Before you make a, before you make a big decision... Start seeking what the Lord has to say about it. Get in the Bible, get on your face, and start crying out to God. And hear what God has to say. I pointed those things out to you tonight. Because really when we get here to chapters 11 and chapter 12, the book of Joshua is divided. We're fixing to get into the division of the inheritance. But everything from the day they left Egypt was leading to this point right here. And along the way, Moses did because the Lord said. And Joshua did because the Lord said. Now, now here's a great thing. Or here's something to think about. Wouldn't it be wonderful, Gil, if when you got up tomorrow and you faced your big battle that God just tore the walls down? Wouldn't you love that? And sometimes God does that. Dr. Traxer gave me great advice when I was coming on to be the pastor of this church. And he made a statement concerning his ministry years ago, and, and he just... 
I don't even know if he remembers telling me this, but he said, Lord, this is your church. These are your people. Therefore, they're your problem. They're not my problem. And he said, he just asked the Lord, now, what do you want me to do to help you with your problem? That was some profound, wise advice. God, what, what is it you want me to do? And I've learned sometimes you just let God do it. You don't do anything. Just let God do it. And when God does it, you're like John in the boat. That was the Lord. And it's encouraging. But sometimes, as in the case here, God's going to give you the victory and he promises to be with you, but you've got to fight your battle. This time, God's not going to part the water. He's not going to break down the walls. This time, he tells them, don't be afraid. You've got this. You're going to win the battle. It's my fight. It's my victory, the Lord says. Now you go fight it. So Joshua came, verse 7. And all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Miram suddenly. He did that in chapter 10 as well. Here's the point tonight. When the Lord says, don't procrastinate. Are you with me? If the Lord said it, go in the confidence that God is leading. He didn't take his time. He came on them suddenly. And fell upon them. God tells them in verse 6 to don't be afraid. That tells me that there was something in Joshua that had a reason to be afraid. The Lord knows his heart. The Lord knows our heart. And he tells them don't be afraid because of them. Tomorrow I'll deliver them up all slain before Israel. So Joshua goes up suddenly and he falls upon them. And verse 8, the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel who smote them and chased them unto great Zidon and to, yeah, and unto the valley of Mizpah eastward. And they smote them until they left them none remaining. And Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him. He hewed the horses and burnt their chariots with fire. Don't you want to be, don't you want the Lord to say, Greg, Greg did what I told him to do. There's reason to be afraid, Darren. Yes, there's reason to be afraid, but you go. I'm telling you what to do. You go and you fight. You fight your battle and I'm going to give you victory. 
And it's something Oliver, for the Lord's sake, Oliver did what I bade him to do. Can the Lord say that about your life? Are you leading your family the way God wants you to lead them? As the Holy Spirit directs the course of your life, are you right where you need to be? I'll share this with you. On uh, Thursday, I uh, reached out to a couple of people that visit our church for Easter Sunday. And I uh, sent them a text. And just thanked them for being here. Is Beverly Scoggins here? They, they came. They were invited by Beverly. And I included Beverly in the text. Except I'd made a mistake. When I added her to my contacts, I reversed two numbers. And so I sent, out to a, I sent the text out to a random individual. Not just that one text, but to another group of people as well that she had invited to church. And he responded. It would have been nice if he said, I think you got the wrong number. No. He laid into me pretty good. He was, I'm not even going to tell you what he said, very ugly comments. And uh, all I could say is, yep, I messed up. And I called him. And I told him, you know what, you, I appreciate you letting me know my mistake. I appreciate that. I said, I reversed two numbers in the phone number. And uh, I'm going to get that corrected. Thank you. So I fixed it in my phone. I fixed the contact with the right phone number. And I resent the text. And some reason, my phone sent it to the same people again. It was even worse this time. The bad part is my visitors are tagged in this, right? And I said, man, that is the devil. That is Satan trying to destroy an opportunity. And uh, I was getting something at Lowe's. Christy was picking up some stuff. I dropped her off at Sam's so she could pick up some things for Friday night. I was getting something that I needed to work on at our house to prepare for Friday night. And I'm dealing with that. And she gets in the car, and I tell her, I said, listen to this. And she says, well, maybe the Lord meant for you to talk to him. And I said, no, ma'am. So that is the devil. So this is what he said. This is, that is the devil. Three hours later, the guy sends another text and apologizes for what he had to say. 
And he began to tell me that he's lost his faith in government. He's lost his faith in people. Sounded like he was a veteran. He spent some time being homeless. And he encouraged me of how to deal with people who are without. And I... Yeah, I went back to Christy and I said, you were right. I ate my crow. I said, you were right. And so I responded. Tell him how much I appreciate his testimony, his story. And said some other things in an attempt to just be a witness to him. Would you pray about that situation? Because I got his phone number. Who knows, he could be watching tonight. If he is, I want him to know that I love him, and I appreciate him, and the Lord loves him. And whatever he's facing, nothing's too big for the Lord. Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him. As God impresses upon your heart, will you do what the Lord said? Will you choose not to be afraid, but to put your confidence in the Lord and to just trust him with the results? Joshua turned back. He took Hazor. He smote the king. He burned the city with fire. In verse 12, all the cities of those kings and all the kings of them did Joshua take and smote them with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed them as Moses the servant of the Lord commanded. Look at verse 15. As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. As God said, Joshua obeyed. Say, preacher, I I sure would like to have great victories in my life. Well, what does God have to say? Are you listening for one? And two, are you obeying? Young people. I hate that term, young people. Young men and young ladies. You're at a critical time in your life to be listening to the Lord. Up to this point, up to this point, you've been doing what mom and daddy has to say. Now it is time for it to become your conviction. You're listening. And now your God is speaking to you. And you are, you are determining, am I going to listen? And am I going to be obedient? Because it'll have a great determining factor on the joy of your life.
So Joshua took all the land, the hills, and all the south country, in verse 16, all the land of Goshen, the valley, the plain, the mountain of Israel, the valley, the same, even from the Mount Halak that goeth up to Seir, and even at Abel Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, under Mount Hermon, and all their kings he took, and smote them, and slew them. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. We compare Scripture with Scripture, it seems like it took about seven years. Seven years up to this point. Verse 19, there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all other they took in battle. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. I refer to Romans chapter 1, where in their wickedness, God gave them up to a reprobate mind. If you don't want to follow the Lord, you don't want to serve the Lord, God's not going to make you do it. And you can turn your wickedness against him. And he accomplished your, his will through your disobedience. He hardened their heart. Verse 21, at that time came Joshua and cut off the Anakims from the mountains, from Hebron, from Deber, from Anab, and from all the mountains of Judah, and from all the mountains of Israel, Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. Hold your place here and go back to Numbers 13. Numbers chapter 13. Many years earlier, Two years after they left Egypt, Moses sent up the 12 spies. And they went over into the promised land and they were to seek it out and come back with a report. And in Numbers 13, in verse, we're just going to focus on verse 32 and 33. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. Can I ask you something? What do you see in yourself? Jesse, what do you see in yourself? These 12 leaders of Israel, 10 of them, go over. And yeah, they come back and say, you know what? This is definitely a blessed place. It's good. This is God's place. God wants to give it to us, but we can't overtake it. Because the, the cities are too big. And the people, will, the inhabitants will eat you up. And he says they're... they're there, there's giants there. And they say that we are grasshoppers in their sight, and that we're grasshoppers in our sight. They just saw themselves as grasshoppers. Garrett, don't be a grasshopper. The ten came back to all the people and discouraged everyone. Don't be a discourager. If you don't want to do it, fine. Get out of the way. But don't be a discourager. Don't hinder someone else from going to do it. 
Caleb and Joshua said, listen, God's given it to us. Let's go. Let's fight. Let's win the battle. God's going to give us the victory. And all the, the ten, boy, they just get upset and they get mad and say, no, if we all go, we're going to die. You know what happened to them? They died and never, never entered the promised land. Wouldn't you rather live your life for the Lord? And let God work it all out. Then live for yourself. And you try to work it all out. So you go back to Joshua chapter 11. And in verse 21... It says that Joshua and the people of Israel, they cut off the Anakims from the mountains. In verse 22, there was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza, Gaza, and Gath, and Ashdod. We know of a giant that come from Gath, don't we? Named Goliath. And in Ashdod there remained. You know what Joshua did in the name of the Lord? They ran off the giants. You know why he could do that? I'm just about done. You know why he could do that? Kenny, you know why he could do that? Because the Lord said. The Lord said. So in verse 23, Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes. And the land rested from war. Now in chapter 12, it gives a list of all the kings that they defeated up to this point. The first six verses, it focuses on what happened east of the Jordan. The land that was given to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of, of Manasseh. The land rested from war. Now, when we proceed further, I'm just about done. When we proceed further, what we find is there was still more battles to fight. There were still some victories that needed to be won. That's what we find in Joshua 13 and verse 1. Their rest was always just temporary but you know what we find in Christ Craig we find an eternal rest greater than what Joshua offered the people of Israel they went to the land of blessing and you and I can enjoy parts of it the peace that we get with God the, the joy that we have in the Holy Spirit the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and gentleness. All those things we get from the Lord. But one day, Heather, we enter into a rest in Jesus Christ that's going to surpass it all. That's what we have in the Lord. As you go forth, Boys, 
care about what God has to say about it. Ladies, care about what the Lord has to say. Find out how God is leading you in your life. And then follow him. And may you find great victories. Let's bow our heads tonight.